What it do and welcome in to the Seattle Super Pod. Brought to you by the That Being Said Pod and Sports on Tap. It's episode 19 with your boys, Sammy. And me, George Arjur, and we're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sant Hub. In a dark and gloomy, as George would say, Seattle, which you'll hear oh. right after this intro. Uh, we talked Seahawks, the Vikings game. The upcoming game against the Rams, some MVP talk, um, and then we took a quick break and we uh, hit Chris Peterson in Utah, which is which is a somber ending to the podcast. It really is, man. Somber and sad, and hopefully uh, a good new beginning for Huskies football after. Hopefully, but the good news is we got good football in Seattle with the Seahawks, ten and two, first place in the division, second in the NFC. Let's please keep this the way it is, because I would love a first round bye. I would love it too. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, episode 19 coming your way right after a quick word from our sponsor. So I hope you guys enjoy. At Sant Seattle on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find the podcast, this one, plus our other podcasts, which are just uh, all sports. You know what it is, general sports. Just look up that being said pod. And you can find the web, us uh, find everything on our website at sonsports.com. That's S O N T sports.com. And George, you know what S O N T stands for? The Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio Redefined. Enjoy the pot. All right. Happy Wednesday morning, George. Happy Wednesday to you, Sammy. Uh, you know, I'd say in sunny Seattle, Washington, where the team – it should be sunny outside and be nice outside when your team is this good at football. But instead, it's a very dark and gloomy day out there. It's very uh, – it looks like nighttime, and it is uh, 949 in the morning. If you shut the lights out in here in our studio completely, it literally feels like it's nighttime. Yeah, but, you know, you said it should be sunny when your team is this good. Although, there's probably a lot of people that – Listen to this. If you're from Seattle, that actually appreciate this weather. We're just different. George yeah. and I like the sunshine. A lot of people that live here actually do enjoy the, the winter time and the gloom. Because otherwise, I don't know why, you know, if you don't like the weather here, it's yeah. not. It's a lot of reasons not to live here. You know? That's a great so point. I feel like a lot of people might say, well, it's the holidays. We like the gloom right now. Yeah. Although, that is one thing. If there's any month I don't mind it, it's December because... It starts to feel a little more Christmassy, but if it's going to be gloomy, I prefer to have a little bit of snow. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, it's if it's going to be a winter weather, for me, I'd say this is, to me, not my least favorite weather in the winter. I'd like it to be snowy and sunny. Like uh, it's I'll, snowed. Give you, I'll give you one more worse one. Yeah. It's not raining really hard, so that oh, would make God, it. that would make, well, actually, it might make it better. At least you'd have a nice background noise. Like, all right, and this is besides the point. That's beautiful background noise you just gave us there. I know. I try my best. We're talking Huskies after we talk the Seahawks. So if anybody wants to also hear about Chris Peterson stepping down um, and the Huskies' future, we're going to get to that here shortly. Um, but we're going to start with the Seahawks versus the Vikings. I mean, once again... I mean, I don't know how many times I'm going to write this in our preview. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this in the preview. But once again, a game filled with potential heart attacks, a game filled with anxiety and uh, <laughs> ups and downs. And 
they there just hasn't been a game where it's made easy. And I, I it's I'm fi- I'm starting to find it hilarious because finally we're like up seventeen, I think. Yeah, up seventeen in the beginning of a fourth or yeah. the end of a third. And around that time, yeah. one of the two. And we oh, finally not a nervous wreck type of game. And of course, give up like a huge miscommunication touchdown and Are you crying? No, I I was actually a hiccup. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, that, I mean, it's, it was sad, but it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't worth it. It was actually not sad at all. Actually, I preferred that way because it made it more fun to watch, <laughs> and we won. Um, so I wouldn't say it was sad at all. It was actually, at the time, maybe, but right now, there's no way I'd be sad. Um, once again, the Seahawks are the most entertaining team to watch in football. Um, and that could be for good and bad reasons. But another huge win, and like I said, potentially the most entertaining team in football. And I'm not saying that in a hundred percent positive way. There are some negatives to the reason they're the most entertaining team in football. Um, you know, you can pay, you could talk about the Ravens, but the Ravens blow the, teams out and that's not very fun to watch. You talk about the Buccaneers. Cause you never know if like Jameis is going to throw a touchdown or interception. But I mean, I'm talking about good teams that are also entertaining. <laughs> uh, the Ravens, most people would say the Ravens are more entertaining. Well, the Ravens blow everyone out. The Seahawks, are ten and two, but somehow, even against the Bengals, the Bucks, teams like that, will make it a two point game. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, you could say they're, if not the most entertaining team in football, one of the most entertaining teams in football. They're fun to watch. Um, I guess what I'm taking out of this is we finally saw. I mean, this whole season is and last season have been to the point where we're always like, is Pete Carroll ever going to go for it on fourth down? Is Pete Carroll ever going to go for it? Is he ever going to be aggressive? And then the fake punt finally, like, came out of nowhere. I get, he, it's like he's setting it up for two years. Like everyone gave up. I thought there was no chance he goes for it. I thought there was no way we'd do anything but punt the ball there. Then boom, even got me. Yeah, I well two years of setup, baby. Well, one thing <laughs> is, if this is the only time we end up doing this this year, I wish you just saved it to like a pressure moment in the playoffs. But this game was almost a pressure moment, like the playoffs, because this huge seating implications. We'll get to it in a second. Um, but I mean, the game started off with, and it wasn't just me who was pissed. I mean, I was going through Twitter. <laughs> like, it wasn't just me who was pissed no, off. I'm, I'm serious. Sometimes you know you you're pissed off about something, and you go on Twitter research online if anyone's talking about it, no one's talking about it. Yeah, it's just you. This was when Pete Carroll did not go for it on the first drive at the fifty yard line, fourth and inches. Yeah. It was Sammy fell Sammy fell some type of way. Yeah, because it's starting to become you know, according to Pro Football Focus on like there's like this thing where they're they're rating now teams and their fourth down decision making. Yeah. The Seahawks are twenty ninth out of thirty. Because of the scenarios where they're choosing to punt for example, makes, I mean, on makes that sense. scenario in the beginning of the game, we're first drive, we punted at the 50-yard line. It took them two big plays, and they were past the 50-yard line already. Yeah. And, and with a team like us, like an, the defense is definitely playing better. But as we saw again, we still gave up, what, 30 points last, last day? Something around that. Just like I've always said, I mean, you got to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hand or the running backs that got us a combined like 250 yards. Once in a while, in a in a moment, set the tone in the game because uh, I think for the first time in Russell Wilson's career, this is an offensive oriented team more than a defensive oriented team. But with that said, I am glad that eventually, as uh, I think the radio broadcast said, Big Cajones, Pete Carroll, um, and uh, Pete Carroll said he well, I used to be Big Balls Pete, so he maybe he's starting to realize it's time to come back. 
Maybe he is. Good good for him, man. It was just, it was a sight for sore eyes to see him go for something on fourth down. It was awesome to see. And um, I'm going to. Let's get to that playoff implication thing, implications, because uh, that was very interesting. And I did want to mention, by the way, I don't know if you saw this before the game. There were eight players that were battling the flu. Yep. Seahawks. What's up with this whole flu thing in the NFL right now? This time of year, it gets cold. You play outside in the rain, in the snow, and bad weather. It's not like they're indoors, like a basketball team, and just like you know, from the car with a big coat into the locker room. Like, it, I just don't know how many times I've, how many years we've actually seen it where there's been like several weeks in a row where several teams are battling from a team wide flu. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm just that's just my uh, two cents on it. That it's cold outside and people play outside. No, I get that, but I just I don't. It doesn't happen every year. That's why I'm saying it's very interesting to me. Like, Fair enough. I think a couple years ago, like there was like teams were battling staff infections. Remember that? That makes more sense because you have disgusting locker rooms. I know. Isn't that equipment. gross? Just to think about. It is. The Sammamish High School, my, my old alma mater, had this had a really bad. I, I had a staff problem. infection once. Sucked. See, that's shitty. Yeah, it's gross. Some sweat and stuff, yeah. right? And bacteria. Um, one more thing I want to recap. You know what's problem? I think in, in high school, especially like uh, it's so fucking dumb that like most schools, not all, have gym and PE class and all this, and then you don't shower after it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Then you go, just go to your next class and you have your gross sweat on you. Like either make kids shower or have it as the last class of a day, or just fucking get rid of gym class. Like kids are gonna should be active anyway. If that they Fortnite oh. class, <laughs> Fortnite class. I don't get it. Fortnite. It's Fortnite class. Oh, I get it. I said Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite class. I'm sure they'll enjoy that more. And it's not like people go to gym class and really like work their fucking ass off. Some people do. Some people. Some people do. want to get the little presidential award. You're not gonna. It'd be a horrible idea to take away gym class. Find a shower. Yeah. F- find shower time. Like shower time or do it the last part of the day. I agree. But taking away gyms probably. The world's already getting unhealthier as we go. Out of all the options we gave here, last class, shower time, or takeaway gym, takeaway gym is the least option I support. All right. Enough (laughs) about staff infection. Um, Also, go to our website, sontlive.com, or Sont Sports. I I like saying sports, Sont Sports. S-O-N-T-Sports.com. There was a really cool preview, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp thing before the game. Um, It's on the website. Check it out. Let's talk about this playoff implication deal. Um, the Seahawks with a loss would have moved to sixth place, the last seed in the playoffs. Right. Um, with Minnesota having the tiebreaker over them, with San Francisco having the better record in the division. Instead, the win puts the Seahawks at first in the NFC West. It moves them to the number two seed behind the Saints, um, who I think play the 49ers this coming. No. Yeah. No. Saints play 49ers, yes. Yeah. So we're... That's going to be interesting. I think we would either, if Saints lose, we'll be in first place. And weirdly enough for the 49ers, they would still be stuck at fifth. If we as, long as, we, yeah. as long as we both win. Yeah, it is interesting, actually, it, if you think about it. It's pretty crazy to me. This, uh, the NFL is a broken system. Neither the Seahawks nor the 49ers should have to play a road game as the fifth or sixth seed, whoever doesn't win this division. I totally agree with the winners of the division getting in. But I think I heard this on TV yesterday. Just make this the winners of division and like okay, automatic placement into the playoffs doesn't mean you need the four seed. Yeah, I agree with that. I the just Cowboys think- should not get a home game in the playoffs at six and six. 
No, they shouldn't. I, I agree with that. I, I can't disagree with what you just said. I would I, I would make arguments that, that what you said, you prefaced it by saying they still should make the playoffs. The division, or get rid of divisions altogether would be another option. And just have, take the top six. Yeah. Or like, you make the schedule where they're playing a certain amount of teams. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Because um, it's going to be unfair. I mean, if you just look at this, it's pretty ridiculous that the two ten and 2 teams are fighting between the the two one and two seed or the five and six seed it i do think it's gonna be whether it's and i'm i I say this not just as a seahawks fan even if it's for the 49ers like it's gonna be unfair if the 49ers for example go 13 and three and have to play on the road in dallas 100 that's ridiculous against like an eight and eight dallas team so i think they need to fix that yeah i think so too i don't think they will but like We've, I think this, every this year's a little extreme, but most years we end up talking about it. Like, why did the '79 Seahawks have to host the New Orleans Saints? I mean, we talk about it every year. It just we shouldn't. Is, yeah, we shouldn't. But I don't think the NFL is wanting to change it because I think they want to give, you know, division. They want to put a really big emphasis on winning your division. Automatic playoff first. No, I know. I I agree. I agree. I agree with you. I'm just saying. Yeah, because like as a Cowboys player, fan, whatever, you're still rooting the same exact amount to make the playoffs, whether it's home field or not, to win this division, right? Yes, absolutely. So, I think that's a important change that needs to be made. But it is what it is. Hopefully, the Seahawks just win the division, and it's San Francisco that has to deal with this. uh, The scenario. Yeah, this is the negative part of the scenario. Um, A couple things about the game. I had some questions on Instagram. One, the first question was, how do you feel about the Seahawks winning? Let's just give your full... How I know that's, I, a, that's a broad question. How do I feel? That is... Um, Are you asking me how I feel? It's a creepy name on Instagram. His name is Bloodstains666. I feel great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not... I, great, question. great question, Bloodstains666. Um, I, thought, I thought that was the most thoughtful question you could get. So, well, do you have any, uh, what? Seriously, I like let's give like a real football answer. Uh, we haven't even said anything about the game, really. We're just saying well, words about implications. Uh, I mean, for me, I think one of the issues with the Seahawks, as we've always talked, I, I feel great about the win. But one issue that I think we've talked about in general in the past, and we're talking about the second now, is sometimes they get a little complacent with the play calling. Sometimes every game. If they get any lead, they get complacent. I don't feel like we ever have the ability to put our foot on the pedal and, and, and blow teams out. And I don't know if that's a play-calling ability, if that's really we're just not good enough. Like, do you feel the same way? Yeah, and I think... I mean, it's really hard to put a thing on. I mean, we're, we are. I, we always talk about this, and we talk about getting complacent. And At the end we're of the day, and two. we're 10-2, and two, and Russell Wilson's, what, second in the NFL in touchdown passes, and we're, like, we're so conservative. We need to not – we need to pass more. Like, I, it's working. I, I, fans will be fans. I'm sure – I'm sure there's Patriots fans out there who bitch about Bill Belichick. Correct. So, like – but this wasn't bitching. This is more just the no, reality. It's it's. I'm just saying, like they are complacent sometimes, and I mean, it's just he's actually first in NFL in touchdown. Okay, so like I don't know if we're complacent. You know who's second? Jameis Winston. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Wow, twenty-five touchdowns. That's shocking. That is in passing, not total. Passing. Passing. Wow, that's pretty cool. Jameis is fifth, right? <laughs> uh. 
Jameis is now. I have no idea. No right. <laughs> uh Sixth. Sixth. Um, I mean, whether they are he's first in touchdowns or not, I mean, there still is some complacency. I think our ability to not blow out teams can sometimes be complacency. And that's not – that that could be – I mean – it doesn't matter how perfect of a coach you are. There is some things you can fix. I think a coach would would say that too. I mean, Pete Carroll has been yeah. pretty known for saying, like, he gets frustrated with himself on some of those fourth down calls. So he criticizes himself mm-hmm. on them, right? So, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway is it'd be nice, like last week when we're up 17, see one game where we just put it away. But we didn't, but we won. We won. Yeah, that, that's what I really care about at the end of the day. I think everyone else does too, and – It'd be nice if we can get one blowout before the season ends just so we can feel good. Maybe we will. Guy Gilmore, 2019, on Instagram. And if you want to send in questions, at Sant Seattle, we'll, we'll always answer your questions. Do you think Russell Wilson is better than Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey? Combined? Uh, no, he's talking about MVP, obviously. Uh, I mean, for me, I think I know everyone's going to say Lamar Jackson's MVP. To me, it's still Russell Wilson. If you just look at the numbers, I mean, total touchdowns are about the same. Russell's thrown for 7,000 more yards. That's not possible. No, sorry, 700 more yards. <laughs> I was say that's not possible. <laughs> that's, that's not doable. 700 more yards, better completion percentage, more yards per game, less interceptions, um, working with a bottom five offensive line in some cases, passing offensive line, pass protection. Lamar Jackson first. I just think Lamar Jackson might win it based off the sensation of it. Yeah, but Russell Wilson is the most valuable player in the NFL. Sure, I, I think I I agree with you in a way, but at the same time, like does who I think is a better football player? Yes, Russell Wilson is a better football player than Lamar Jackson. But who's going to win MVP if it ended today? There's still a lot of football to be left. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP, and I don't think the vote will necessarily be close. If it ended today, now would he have my vote? Yeah, but I'm I'm not voting, so you would agree, right? If if it ended today, Lamar Jackson wins MVP. I agree, but I, I um, don't yeah. think it'd be a. Uh, I don't. I disagree. I think it'd be very close because I think if we're talking about the MVP voters, those are people that are football purists. I think they take into consideration not just what people on Twitter take into consideration, like. Oh my God! Long run. Yeah, I think they take into some consideration that Russell Wilson is carrying a average roster, while Lamar Jackson has a top five defense, top five offensive line, run game is really. Seahawks have a great yeah, run game. Yeah, I, I mean, and Russell Wilson would be my uh, my MVP, but I'm also a little biased. So, um, and, and so are most people probably listening to this podcast. Yeah, but I mean, this is a different type of year. I mean, like I, I've only once. I think there's only been what, 2017 was the only year that I thought Russell should have really won. And MVP. I think he should have won that yeah. year too. But that's the only year that I've actually felt it. So bias-ish, but at the same time, like we're not. I'm not oblivious. You know, if if yeah, I'm not gonna, if I was a, a I'm not gonna see here and say, uh, oh my God, uh, Chris Carson should be MVP. Right, right. right. Russell Wilson's obviously in the top two. I think it's oh, yeah, a two-man yeah. race I now, think actually. A, I think it's a two-man race, but one man is separated himself pretty farly right now, and that's not to, due to anyone's fault. One other bad than game the, from Lamar Jackson. 100%. Because we'll Russell Wilson, I don't think, has that much of an ability to have a 
really bad game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, the last game was pretty bad for Russell Wilson's standards. I, what, he threw, like, for, what, 100 and, like, something yards and a touchdown and a pick? Uh, or are you talking about this last yeah. game? Yeah. He used 240 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick, and the okay. pick was kind of fluky. fluky. It was the game before that you're probably thinking against the Eagles. He went 200 yards, touchdown, and a pick. Yeah. Um, so the so Eagles last... game was his worst, worst game, but it wasn't a yeah, I think he doesn't have the ability to have like a awful game. Lamar Jackson, there's gonna be. I actually have a strong feeling against Buffalo this week. He might if there's if one team figures out how to stop his legs for a game, he's gonna yeah. have one of those really bad. Games. Oh, I agree. And um, and that's why there's that four happens. weeks. There's four games left. I mean, I, Russell could still win the MVP. Yeah. Also, there's 25 percent of his season. Also, left. if one of them goes three and one, another one goes one and three. Or yeah. There's 25 percent left of the season. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's gonna a big role is gonna be play, or a big emphasis is gonna be like who has to do more down the stretch. The, I think the plus for Russell is the last thing to say about MVP because I think we're gonna the last two weeks are gonna be more time mm-hmm. to talk about MVP. What's gonna be interesting if Baltimore locks up a one seed or a two seed, there's a chance Lamar might sit out a game. Let's say at the end of the year, right. it looks like the Seahawks might have to play playoff football up till week 17 against right. 49ers. And if you have Lamar who's taken a week off or two weeks off even, mm. and you have Russell Wilson playing a week 17 to go to the playoff or to win the one seed, it might play in his advantage. It might. I don't. I, at the end of the day, I, I, I think we would all agree we'd much rather have Russell Wilson win the Super Bowl MVP. I agree, but I mean, we're just talking about <laughs> no, it. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I know People are saying. interested in talking about the MVP stuff. Uh, they, I know people are, but I just think it's like, with 25% left of a season, I think right now it's a foregone conclusion that Lamar Jackson would win MVP if it ended today. Yeah. I'm and, just and giving the scenarios. Yep. No, I, mean, I know. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is a – you say 25%, but we're not talking about a baseball season, like where there's 60 games. <laughs> yeah, true. It's four. Four. It's four. I, mean, it's four I know. In a way, it sounds – end of this month, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the football season is a very short season. Yeah. So that's why, like, when you say 25%, like, I get that, but, like – a lot can happen, but not that much can happen in four True. weeks. Um, one more thing I wanted to bring up. Made this post about it. It was pretty cool. Is uh, I don't know if you saw that thing about Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Yeah, that was really cool. I love that. Chris Carson subbed himself out near the goal line last night. So backup Rashad Penny could score. Um, Rashad yeah. Penny said, uh, that just shows you who he is. Any other running back would stay in. I think it's pretty cool that as – a dual back running back situation that you have a guy giving up his statistics to be like, yo, go get this. You know who doesn't think that's very cool? Fantasy owners of Chris Carson. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I have a top back. uh, Excuse me. This reminds me of a, um, this is such an overblown overreaction. What I'm about to say about it. Cause I don't mean it the way it's going to come out, but like, I thought it was really cool last year. How like Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were like a dynamic backfield. Obviously, no offense, sorry guys. I think Ingram's maybe a little better than Carson, and Kamara's better than Penny right now. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, of course, he's top five running back. But it's really cool to see like two guys that compete against each other at the same time, like complement each other, complement each other, and like support each other. Right? right? It's really hard to see. There's a lot of positions in the NFL that you wouldn't see that. Actually, I think the only positions you'd see that is maybe at receiver usually and corner. In corners and maybe safeties, but still safeties are two. And offensive linemen. Yeah, but still, like a middle linebacker is playing for his middle linebacker role. 
you don't really support the backup middle linebacker that much. Yeah, right? the backup, yeah. So, like, you're, you have your linebacker. So, I'm talking about, like, your spot. Running back's a one-person spot. It'd be like yeah. a quarterback. You're not going to be supporting a dual quarterback system. Yeah, 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 true, true. So, I think it's pretty cool to see these two, like, supporting each other. And it really has changed the dynamic of our run game. 100%. Um, Monday. No, sorry. Sunday night. Rams. Um it's a big game. Yeah, I'm we surprised that playoffs. I, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I'm surprised they didn't flex this out. I, I thought not because I think we it should be flexed out. I just feel like they do that. Yeah, been, but I thought about it a little more. It's the sixth seed versus the or no, it's not the sixth seed. The second the, seed versus the eighth seed. The seventh seed. Is it seventh? If, if the Rams win, they're going to be tied with. They're going to be right. They're in the playoff picture. So I'm just, I think they saw it like, you know what? It is like playoff implication type of game. I guess cool. No, I'm glad personally. Like this is what I want to yeah. watch. But like, <laughs> you're like, you're saying there's, there was the Bills and Ravens, yeah. 49ers, Saints. Patriots, Chiefs. Yeah. The, all of them, I think are, I, that's better combined. I think record. all three of those games are probably better than this game. Luckily for us though, we get to watch the Seahawks yeah, exactly. by themselves. I'm going to be in Vancouver on a little vacation, but, uh, be looking for like a little Seattle bar. If anybody has any recommendations, uh, recommend. Way. I know there are some Seahawks bars in Vancouver from what I'm looking at. I just didn't know what to pick, but uh, me and my girlfriend are going to enjoy that. I think it's going to be cool that we. I'm glad that on a vacation I don't have to like sit and watch 12 games at once to watch Seahawks. I can actually go out for a drink somewhere and just watch the Seahawks. Exactly. It's kind of a big plus for that weekend. Um, you got any predictions for this week? I think we win it again. I, I don't. I, I don't think we should be eleven and two, but like, I, I at this point, I just I'm not betting against us until maybe, I don't know. Yeah, they're I, obviously winning games. Yeah, it's I, confusing. I I mean, we're what one and a half point favorites in Vegas, I believe. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we're favored. I think Vegas is starting to believe in us as well. I'm taking the Seahawks. I, yeah, I, you feel the same way I do. Like, I, I do. Don't know I, I'm not. To... I'm not a homer though, and I feel like I, I'm being a homer by continually picking the Seahawks. But I actually really believe we can win this game. Well, George, even if you were being a homer and continually picking the Seahawks, you'd be ten and two on the year. So, yeah. I mean, not the worst. No, I did. Pick, I mean, I guess I picked against us twice in and this year, and none of them were the Saints or the Ravens. <laughs> what weeks were they? I think I picked against us against the Rams the first time we played yep. them, and I picked against us on the San Francisco game. Yep. Yeah. I did not pick against us, San Francisco, but I think I picked against us. It must. I think once it was like the. Ra- I think it was also like the Rams. It was not one of the games we lost. Um. I had, you know, I had confidence in the San Francisco game. They hadn't played anyone good yet. But the San Francisco team, they have been losing to some good teams like the Ravens mm-hmm. and stuff. But you can tell they're – I'm done saying they're not legit because even yeah. these games they've lost, they're by three, three points. points. Yeah, on a last-second field goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've lost two games on a overtime field goal they missed and then we made. And to the Ravens at a buzzer field goal. Buzzer. Like yeah, what, what would you say? At the, when the clock running out? Or walk, not walk off. Buzzer beater. What would you say? Game winning is different. I, I think, think that's what they say. Yeah, but if it's like four seconds left, it's a game winning field goal. Like both As of the goals. clock expires, is what they say in football. That's kind of weird because basketball goal. is like a buzzer beater. Yeah. Baseball is walk off. Yeah, it's not. And football is also a Hail Mary or like, you know, 
Buzzers are plays. Those, those are, are plays. Buzzers yeah. not a play, and neither is a walk-off. And there's no buzzer in like football. It's not like they. It's just uh, a game-winning field goal as the clock yeah. expires. As a clock expires, yeah. Gonna, we gotta find a better word. Um, you're right. Seahawks are one-point favorites. One-point favorites. Um, according to the matchup predictor, ESPN's Power Football, though it's a uh, Power Football Index, it's forty-two point five percent chance, but. But the power index, the wrong power index has continually picked against us every week. I know, every even this week that was crazy. I know. Um, all right, should we get to some Huskies football? Yeah, do we have to? Yeah, we do. But right after yeah. this break, you can take your deep breath before the break. <laughs> All right, so the somber topic for George here, the the Husky alum, um, Chris Peterson, 55 years old, pretty young, after six years, going 54 and 26 at UW, has decided to step away from the game and retire. Um, that, or uh, retire, air quotes, because I think he's recharging, personally. He's like Jay-Z and Michael Jordan. He'll make a comeback. George is, George is not buying this. George thinks he's going to be elsewhere in a few years. Yeah, I mean, not right away. I think he. I think right now he is retired. Fifty-five is young these days for head coaches. Yeah. Like yeah. that's considered a young head what, coach. What? What is he going to do next thirty years? Like watch what, TV. books? No. Well, right now he's going to be an advisor. Advising what? I'm no, sorry. I like the department. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean advising what? There's I probably mean, a lot of work he's going to do. He'll he probably do. do. Okay, there you go. There's a lot of work he could do. There's not a lot of work he's going to do. Fair. I mean, forget what he's going to do. He's not going to do. Like, he stepped down from the job. He's going to be an advisor. I mean, do we think this is what his life is? Or is he going to leave UW and go get Is he waiting for a job opening? That's the real question. Yeah. I don't think he's waiting for anything. I, I, I actually think he is taking time off because he's exhausted. And he said he has some anxiety. He did say he needs to recharge. And I believe all that. I just think that. Right now, in his head, I don't think in his head he's like, oh, I'm coming back to coach it. But I think when you recharge yeah. and you feel better and you like coaching, I mean, he's not – coaches – here's the thing where I always try to, like, explain to people. People who coach, people who are musicians, people who do things that they are fun and that they love, come back after recharging. Yeah. You know who doesn't come back after recharging? An accountant for a healthcare company. No offense to them, but they didn't grow up saying, I love healthcare accounting. And then I retired. They did their work until 80 as a healthcare accountant. Yeah. So if, if you actually, that was your dream, you probably are working. Sure. I, I, find me one person whose dream growing up was to be a healthcare accountant, and I'll find you. I'm sure there's one human being. Out I'm there. sure there is. I'm not going to find it from a. Seattle podcast. No, I was listening to the healthcare accounting podcast. Yeah, there's somebody. <laughs> but I know your point. When you do something you love, retirement makes you feel like you're lost, actually, more than it makes you feel relaxed at some point. Yep. You've heard that. From, I'm not, I don't know, obviously. I'm young, but you've heard from other coaches or musicians or athletes that even go through like tough times of not understanding what it's like to be retired because your whole career is not just. For guys like this too, like think about sports. Your career doesn't start like at eighteen when um, you finish college or like twenty one when you finish college, like most people. 
That means you were probably playing the sport since you were five years old. Yeah. And learning the sport and studying the sport. So we're talking about something that you literally live and breathe by. Mm-hmm. So I could see why you would need a recharge and a, a regroup, but you could also see why it's hard to believe that at 55 years old, like what, if he's going to spend from 55 to 65 recharging? No, th- there might be a two-year recharge. And if something in this world opens up like an Alabama and he gets offered it or right. like a USC, there, I say there is a chance that he takes a job. Me too. That's all I'm saying, and I'm not. I completely agree with you, and hope. I guess I'm excited to see what Jimmy Lake has to bring to this or, to this uh, program. Uh, it's been a great six years of Peterson. I would say it in a way. I thought he would maybe deliver either a birth to the national championship game or a national championship if he was here for long enough, and I still think that would have been the case if he was a 15-year guy. I think we could have won a national championship at some point. I mean, we're talking six years with three conference titles and a and a championship game, championship playoff berth right. um, in six years. And three of them, we had that. So, and I mean... Yeah, three BCS Bowl games, technically, the championship, the Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and then I think the other one was... was Peach, a, Fiesta, and Rose. Yeah, but Peach was a national, the uh, college football playoffs that year. Correct. So, like, three BCS Bowl games. Um, overall, just a very good tenure at Washington. I'd say he'll already go down probably the second best coach in Washington history, even though it's short. The second best you said, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, I think you said best for a second. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, he's the second best guy. And I think I think a good – this Jimmy Lake signing might be fu- perfectly fine. It might have been being set up for a while. Mm-hmm. All I'm hearing is that Jimmy Lake, even his press conference, said Pete's built this, this culture. I'm literally just going to copy and paste the culture. Because I was here for it, and I understand it, and what we have going is correct, and Pete's going to be around advising. So I'm not necessarily... Sometimes when a coach steps down and you don't know what's coming next, you can get very concerned. Mm-hmm. I think I'm feeling okay in the sense of what's to come is not like a scary dark era. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. My thing is... But you never know. Um, Gilbert, was it Gilbertson, Gilbert, whatever his name was, after uh, Don James... You know, uh, he, was probably, he was handed a great culture. He was, he was handed a very good culture, and uh, I'm not saying that Chris Lake is Gilbertson, um, Jimmy Lake, or Jimmy Lake, but Keith Gilbertson. What he went 55 and 51 in his record as a coach at University of Washington, and then got fired after after the Don James era. Because why? Because he handed it down to an assistant coach, and now maybe Jimmy Lake is special, but usually. I just I get worried about assistant coaches. That's all. Yeah. Uh, okay. The thing of Jimmy Lake, I don't know how real it is. Whatever. Like he obviously, people are saying he's obviously getting a lot of job opportunities. Yep. Uh, th- great. I don't know what I believe. What I don't. I don't know. Uh, Neither. Really That's all I'm saying. But it sounds like he's a pretty respected candidate. Oh yeah. Um, my only concern is, you really have to give him a five-year extension? No, I know. It's just like, oh, yeah, maybe. What if the first two years are fucking awful? You have to fire him and pay him? Yep. That's what you're. At. That's what we want to do. That's what we're going to do. That's my only issue with this. Give him a two-year extension. Like, here. Like, uh, but I guess, you know what? I'll give you my last little <clears throat> issue with this is, 
really sucks that he's leaving on a seven and five year and like leaving it's we're leaving at, at the time the program is at its worst place in the last six years yeah that's true and then so uh, you're gonna find out quick. So, wait, do you want jimmy like to have a better season is that what you're saying yeah well we're gonna find out quickly i mean next year are we at eight and four nine and three or are we a seven five six and six team and then doesn't make a bowl game doesn't make a bowl game well six and six makes a bowl yeah. game but you know what i mean yeah like do you if you're seven and five, Chris Peterson, are you five and? We seven saw how here? quick Oregon went from a really good program to a fucking dumpster fire, and they got Mario Cristobal. And now they're back. Yeah, but it went downhill. After yeah, Chip Kelly. Um, and we've seen it, like you said, with this this UW program. It's an amazing program, right? It's a there's a lot of amazing programs that if you don't have the right situation. Look at Nebraska was the most dominant college football program in history. Even right. now with Scott Frost, it's not that easy to just be really fucking good again. Right, and that's where where the problem really lies, and where it's kind of scary because if losing you, a guy like that, yeah, we're gonna find out quick. But like I said, that's that's the that's the silver lining behind this. That's true. All right, are you excited for their bowl game? No, me neither. <laughs> It's we'll like, find out where we're going here after the on what probably Monday or Tuesday, but I think it's going to be the Las Vegas Bowl. Nice. I think that's where we're going. Who knows? I'm not that excited for bowl games. Uh, honestly, like no, you know, if it's like the Holiday Bowl where it's like Pac-12 two versus Big 12 two, and it's like, yeah, if you made a good bowl game, yeah, I'm really like, okay, cool, I can get behind that. That's fun, but. The hol- the Las Vegas Bowl, and Chris Peterson's fucking staying to coach one game. Like, that's weird, too. Oh, maybe they'll win a bowl game. They lost the last three, so. Like, we're going to really, like, I don't know. How weird is it that he's going to be there for one more game? It is weird. But I would do the same. I mean. No, no, I'm glad he did it. Like, it wasn't, like, right after the bowl game would have been kind of weird. But it's just weird to me that he's doing one more game. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe they let Jimmy Lake take over some of like the duties for the game. That'd be cool. Yeah, and like have him advise almost. And then we can watch and decide if we like him or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got G. All right, man. Episode uh, 19. Yeah. I I I'm mad. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Episode 19. You can find us at sonsports.com, sontsports.com and uh at Sont Seattle on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That's SONT Seattle. Find us at all those spots, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, This is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefine. Peace.